Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. It's funding for Ukraine and funding for Israel, and I get the argument. Why are we funding when we haven't secured the southern border? What is wrong with us? Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. $95 billion is how much money we're talking about here. The vote was 67 to 32. This to advance the legislation. 17 Republicans backing the measure along with Senator Todd Young of Indiana. Chuck Schumer calling it a good first step. The bill could uh, take at least a week before it comes to a full vote and passed. There were Democrats who voted against it, including Senator Bernie Sanders, doesn't appreciate the funding for Israel, who he says uh, their military has been uh, engaged in a grossly disproportionate attack on Gaza. You're absolutely right. They should have taken the entirety of Gaza and killed every Hamas member. But they didn't. I don't know what's taking them so long, Bernie. I don't, oh, oh, oh your, oh, your problem is that Israel reacted at all. Okay. All right. Sure. Sure, that's, that's, that's the problem. That's always the problem the communist has. The problem the communist has is that anybody should, I don't know, protect and defend themselves. Or uh, uh, those Jews should have a voice. Oh, I know, I know. Bernie's Jewish. Listen to me carefully. I don't know how many times we have to discuss the people who have given up their, their, their humanity for their ideology and have replaced their Judaism with their liberalism. But it is so on display. I've only been talking about it for 10 years. It's so on display that I don't know how this is questioned. This is not about agreement with every Israeli policy. This is about Israel's existence. That's what we're talking about. And whether you're talking about some pinko on the Indianapolis City County Council, or whether you're talking about the senator from Vermont, or anywhere in between, this is the subject. It's important to know who Bernie Sanders is. That's why it's okay to be angry with Bernie Sanders. He's a pretty terrible guy. Uh, we'll see what happens with the next vote. But the people upset with this, because why are we funding these places? We should be taking care of the border first. That's an argument, and I think it's a good one. I find it fascinating when the border security bill failed, and, and rightfully so, that nobody said, okay, let's go back and change this. Hey, let's go back and change that. Okay, let's go make a, a, a deal here. Why was there no maneuvering regarding the legislation? How come no one even tried? It's because possibly nobody was actually serious. They knew it was a non-starter. The progressive left knew it was a non-starter. And they aren't interested in coming to a deal. That's all we hear about. Why won't Republicans negotiate? Well, why didn't Republicans say, take out this, 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 and this? Would Democrats have been okay with that? No, no, no. It has to be exactly this. That's not negotiating. That's not negotiating. 
Meanwhile, we still have a porous border. You have the Biden administration saying they're actually going to do less deportations now because this legislation wasn't passed. But somehow Ukraine's getting their money. Israel's getting their money. And we should be clear, I favor sending bullets to Ukraine. I favor being supportive of Israel. I favor these things. But I favor the border first. Just, just for the sake of clarity, I favor the border first. I have got people uh, on the line. I've got phone calls to take because I opened up the phones. I have got that. The blue line is a bad idea, and the Indigo interim CEO, we need to have a, a conversation. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. This blue line conversation from the interim president and CEO of Indigo is precious, precious. I'm going to get to that in a moment. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I had stated I had put out uh, there on X. I, 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 I said it here. What we saw yesterday in Joe Biden only proves the point I've been making for days for days and that point is that he's not okay we are fooling ourselves if we think he's okay he's a danger to himself he's a danger to the country he doesn't remember where he is he doesn't remember names the 25th amendment has to be enacted and he has to be removed by the cabinet well that means we're gonna have kamala harris yeah and well, she's a fool. The president doesn't know he's talking to dead people. My memory is fine. A lot of people have been bringing up Nixon, who took down his presidency with, I am not a crook. So Biden did it in less words, right? People have been talking about that. That's pretty good. Um, other people have noted uh, that uh, it was the speaker and uh, I think the House Majority Leader and the, or, or the Senate Majority Leader who went to go see Richard Nixon on a Friday. And that Sunday he resigned. We're through the looking glass here. And I asked people, I want you to explain to me why Biden should be in office right now without using the term but Trump, because that's all you hear. But Trump this, but Trump that. Trump's not president. Biden is. I'm dealing with the right now, right now. And people are emotional and ideological and ridiculous. So I'm asking. I want people to tell me why it is Joe Biden should be president right now and the 25th Amendment should not be used. Dave is on the line. Dave, welcome to the show. What's up, Dave? How you doing, sir? Appreciate you right, taking my call. Sure. Hey, let, uh, uh, this is going to sound like a joke, but I'm 100% serious. Do you believe between the House and the Senate we have enough cognizant people that would actually vote for the 25th Amendment? So, three things there. Uh, first, uh, uh, not everybody in Congress is somebody you like. And there's right. clearly an issue with members of Congress who are too old and stick around until they're dead. What we saw with Dianne Feinstein in the Senate uh, is is disgusting. 
um, that Chuck Grassley is still able to engage is pretty dang impressive. But there are plenty of members who have lost multiple steps. But when we're talking about the 25th Amendment, we're talking about a, a role of the cabinet, not Congress. Congress plays no role in this. Congress could engage impeachment. But Congress has no other removal mechanism. That is a role of the cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment. And the 25th Amendment would remove the president of the United States uh, for, for cause. There are reasons to have these protections. The 25th uh, Amendment was to ensure that not only we had a system of succession that, 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 could, that could go forward, knowing what would come next, but yes, in dealing with the idea of incapacitation. And there is no question to the average mind that the president is incapacitated. One of the great and strange arguments here regarding Joe Biden yesterday and the special counsel report that stated that, yes, he willfully and and, and purposefully had classified information in his possession in unsecured locations, top secret information, but we're not going to bring charges because a jury would see him as an elderly man, a kind elderly man with memory loss. He couldn't remember names. He couldn't remember dates. He didn't remember when his son, Bo Biden, died. He could not remember. He was very slow at answering questions. It took him a long time to get to the point. We've been discussing this all week, that the 25th Amendment should be invoked and he should be removed from office because he's not okay. He's talking to dead people. He thinks he had a conversation with former French president, Francois Mitterrand. Mitterrand died in 1996. He thinks he had a conversation with the chancellor of Germany, Helmut Kohl, who died in 2017. He, in the press conference yesterday, said that Al-Sisi was the president of Mexico when he's the president of Egypt. And people say to me, but Trump said this about Hungary and, 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 and this. And... Trump's not president. And if you're going to tell me that Trump's too old, my answer is we could have had DeSantis. But Trump's not president and Joe Biden can put his finger on the nuclear button. So you'll excuse me. I'm not going to look at your craziness. Now, that's not you, Dave. You're asking a different question. My answer to you is this is a cabinet function, not a congressional function. The cabinet needs to actually do this and I want them to get it done. That would be my response to you. What do you say? Well, I, I can't argue anything you said. I, I mean, in, in terms of his son, Bo, he don't only not remember when he died, he doesn't remember where he died. You, dude, is, the, is that, I'm never going to deny that the man is in mourning and clearly the loss of his son has affected him in a lot of ways, right? I, I, I only hope that never happens to me and I hope it never happens to you. Yes. But how obvious is it? that he talks about this story anywhere and everywhere in totally unfactual ways. My son died in war. He didn't die in war. He died. It was brain cancer. Uh, uh, died because of Iraq. It wasn't because of Iraq. He brings it up as a shield, as a conversation piece to deflect. And how dare you have anything to say about it? It is awful. Awful. The I, way he I... constantly brings this up. But it goes to that, that, that greater point. Which is that that he is is not there mentally. He did not remember when his son died. That's not to say he doesn't remember his son 
nor that he misses his son. And Dave, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. That's not to say those things. I believe those things to be true. But he has always used uh, the death of his son, Beau Biden, as some kind of, of shield and some kind of attack vehicle and has always engaged in really a conversation of stolen valor almost uh, that, that was unnecessary. But the 25th Amendment is about the cabinet and the cabinet needs to act today. Now we discuss the people of Indigo, the people who still want to tell you that somehow and in some way, these bus lines and these dedicated lanes provide value. Oh, I almost had it right. When the new studio is done, it's going to be a separate computer for the soundboard, so I never have this problem again. We've been playing at WIBC a clip from Jennifer, I think her last name is Piers, P-Y-R-Z, interim president and CEO of Indigo. And uh, she's defending dedicated bus lanes, which, of course, has been the conversation. You've got Senator Aaron Freeman uh, saying that we should not have dedicated bus lanes and we shouldn't do this with with city streets in, in, in Indiana. We should put a pause on this. And one of the things that she said, uh, and, and I don't know if you have, have the ability, uh, Carl, to find that clip. Uh, she discusses the fact uh, that um, dedicated bus lanes are incredibly important because uh, this way you have less cars on the road. It's basically what she's saying. She's making the argument that if you have the dedicated bus lanes, you have less cars and therefore everything is safer. And I thought that an amazing thing to say that here is the um, the interim CEO admitting that the desire is to get rid of cars on the road. The desire is to get rid of your ability to maneuver as you see fit. That's simply unacceptable, and that is why we should absolutely put a pause on the blue line, and then we should eradicate the blue line, because roads are for cars. And if you want to discuss uh, pedestrians and pedestrians being struck, which is awful, we should discuss it. But the answer of, you shouldn't be allowed to drive? Sorry. We're in favor of progress, and going back to a horse and buggy doesn't really make sense. Going back to just, well, we'll just have bicycles. Doesn't really make sense? No. No. Fascinating to hear that from the Indigo CEO. Proving that the objective is to prevent you from driving. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Something else. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. 
fill up on the news presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show, Sundays at 9 a.m. WIBC and WIBC.com. Dow futures up 34, NASDAQ futures up 46. Got a serious, I mean, it's been a massive news day. Not even that Bitcoin uh, broke 47,000. It was down to 40,000. You could have made some money or not. I don't know. I don't own enough Bitcoin to count. Full disclosure right there. You've got Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin and the people upset that an interview took place. That's strange. Only approved journalists can do an interview with Vladimir Putin. It's not how it works. The idea of an approved journalist is not how it works. But the people who are out there praising Putin, my God, he's so adept. He knows so much about history. First, uh, he's a murderer, he's a killer, and he wants to destroy you. If you don't understand this former KGB agent, you should quickly. Secondly, I would love the fact check, and I will do my own regarding his detailed analysis of Russian history and the reality. Just because he said it doesn't make it true. But if you want to compare him to Joe Biden and how weak Joe Biden is and how incapable Joe Biden is, especially his memory, uh, and when he thinks he's talking to dead people, he's not, Joe Biden's not okay. An interview showing Putin looking more in control of himself than, than Biden is not what the administration wants to see. But the administration has a bigger problem because the special counsel came out to say that Joe Biden willfully held classified documents. Joe Biden wants to say, I didn't do anything wrong, but he did. But the special counsel is not going to bring charges because Joe Biden would come across as a sympathetic elderly man with memory loss. This so bothered the White House, they held a press conference last night. You let Joe Biden have a press conference at 8 p.m. That's, that is remarkable. Remarkable stuff. They did it because they know how bad it was. It was really bad. And it doesn't help that people like Congressman Dan Goldman are making, they're on MSNBC making, making what looks like a hostage video declaring Joe Biden fine. Even some Democrats cringing a little because it raises an issue that's been out there. Do you have any concerns at all, not just because of what we read in this report, which a lot of uh, people on this show don't think should have been in the report, but do you have concerns right now about President Biden's age as it moves toward the general election? No, I don't have any concerns, and and that's from personal interactions. Um, he's got a, a terrific team around him. He is very knowledgeable and experienced, um, and he has even recently um, completely dominated the Republicans. You look at the Fiscal Responsibility Act. Uh, he did a fabulous job, and my understanding is that he was behind the scenes, and with because of his experience negotiating over so many different years, uh, he knew exactly where. The negotiation was going to go, and he took Kevin McCarthy's shirt. No one believes this. No one. Uh, While I'm discussing the 25th Amendment, 
And uh, I think it's Brick who's arguing with me because I said there's no role for Congress in the in the 25th Amendment. He goes, oh, yes, there is. I was discussing the removal part. That's what you heard me say. What happens after the removal is that the president could say, no, 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 I'm fit to serve. And he could submit that. Well, the cabinet could still say, no, you're not. And then Congress would be convened to rule on the situation. That much is true. But the removal, which is what I was discussing, no. There's no role for Congress in that. So you don't have to you don't have to say things like once again wrong. Dear God, man, just have a conversation like a person. It's all it takes. I'll I'll state no no no, I get what you're saying here, but I was discussing something else. Hugh Hewitt, who is more of a legal mind than I am, has a different approach. And I had not considered the approach, but the approach is fine. His approach goes as follows. Take the the report from the special counsel. His name is Robert Hur. H-U-R is the last name. That states that Joe Biden did this with classified documents. Joe Biden did that with classified documents. Remember, they're charging Donald Trump with class, uh, an issue holding classified documents. It could get him up to 450 years in prison. And after that, that guy will run for president. But we're not going to charge Joe Biden? Well, Donald Trump did it willfully. Oh, is is that right? I thought Biden did it willfully. Well, well, uh, Donald Trump tried to hide. Uh, you can play this all you want. Joe Biden had them. Had them from being a senator and vice president. He wasn't entitled to have them at all. The president, well, that's a conversation, I think, for the Supreme Court. Hugh Hewitt's theory is... You take that report and you read it into the record. And then you play the tape of Joe Biden last night and forgetting uh, that that al-Sisi is the president of Egypt and not Mexico, these uh, defenses that he's trying to give himself. And then you submit a one-page impeachment. You vote for it in the House and you send it to the Senate. And you do it now. Okay, I can go with that too. But there is no argument that Joe Biden is not fit to serve as president of the United States. And the country needs to make this change. Kamala Harris is a dope. Kamala Harris is a fool. I, I agree with both of those things. Kamala Harris knows whether she's talking to somebody alive or dead. And right now, that's enough. That's enough. Man, we got a lot of work to do. But it is enough. And what I have asked is I want some Democrat or anybody else to tell me why Joe Biden should remain in office without saying the words, but Trump. Haven't heard it yet. You can let me know on the socials. You can send me an email, Tony at TonyCats.com, whatever it takes. I've got yelled at plenty. (laughs) I've got yelled at plenty. But we have to put the country first. And right now we don't seem prepared to do it. We have no choice. I'm Tony Katz. This is 90- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 3 WIBC.
I said, uh, when I pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody who's living in a red state or a green state. Oh, okay. I-, I thought it was red states or blue states, but sure. Red state or green state? No, no, no. It's, it's all fine. It's all fine. Tony Katz. 93 WIBC, good morning, of course, funding for Ukraine and Israel passing the Senate. You had a series of Republicans, 17 of them, join along in that funding along with Senator Todd Young. Ukraine funding before border funding has got a lot of people upset. Israel funding before border funding has a lot of people upset, including Senator Bernie Sanders, but that's just because he wants to see Israel destroyed. What? He doesn't? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, we're gonna have to just uh, agree to to recognize how wrong you are. That's that's all we're gonna do. Um, I have a series of things that I still need to get to, including what happened at the Supreme Court with Colorado trying to make its argument that Donald Trump should not be on the ballot. They removed him from the ballot because he's guilty of insurrection, and the Supreme Court said he was never charged. He was never found guilty how do you how do you possibly make this argument when there's really no argument to make i mean you bring up insurrection but what do you do with the what i would seem to me to be plain consequences of your position if colorado's uh, position is upheld Surely there will be disqualification proceedings on the other side, and some of those will succeed. Some of them will have different standards of proof. Some of them will have uh, uh, different rules about uh, evidence. Maybe the Senate report won't be accepted in others because it's hearsay. Uh, Maybe it's beyond a reasonable doubt, whatever. In very quick order, I would expect, um, although my predictions have never been correct, uh, I would expect that uh, a goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others uh, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. That's Chief Justice John Roberts. Him uh, and and really all of the, the, the justices, save uh, Sotomayor, asking how do you think you go about doing this? I mean, uh, Elena Kagan... Uh, prob- probably had it had it best here. No, there has to be some process for determining those questions. And then the question becomes, does anything in the 14th Amendment say that only Congress can create that process? And, and Section 5 very clearly is not an exclusive provision. It says Congress shall have power. But maybe and- put m- most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president. She's asking the right question here. And so I'm pretty convinced, you know, people have been asking who are Supreme Court watchers, they recognize that Colorado did not only didn't make a, a case, Colorado looked foolish. These attorneys and the Solicitor General of Colorado looked foolish. And so will this be a 7-2 to two decision, an 8-1 to one decision, or a 9 nothing decision? Uh, I didn't see anything in the questioning from Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, 
who has beclowned herself on the court previously, but I didn't see anything from her that made me think that she was leaning in favor of Colorado. Now, she might, but I'm going to go with this being an 8-1 decision because there's never a moment where I don't think Sonia Sotomayor is wholly political. She is not actually engaged in adjudication. She's just engaged in voting. Trump will be on the ballot in Colorado, and it will be an understanding that the 14th Amendment is not about a state making some declaration and therefore willy-nilly being able to decide who can run for president. This is meant to be a federal decision. And one of the arguments made, it was kind of interesting, is that the 14th Amendment's purpose is to limit the powers of the states. Now, I'm a guy who believes in federalism. I believe in states' rights, but it's an interesting, interesting case because in this case, the state of Colorado wants to tell the state of Indiana they don't have the right. And that's where it gets fascinating. Yeah, I think Colorado loses and loses big. And good. Good.